Welcome to the Distro One Podcast, Episode 7. It's in our way. Welcome to the Distro One Podcast, Episode 7. The show that discusses random topics from popular culture and examines them under the Geekoscope. This is the, this is the Distro One Podcast. I am your co-host, Franz, and with me, as always... Justin. And this time... We are talking about an anime series near and dear to our hearts. Of course, we're talking about the medieval fantasy series Record of Lotus War. Record of Lotus War. <clears throat> this is a great, great series uh, based on the uh, like original D&D box set rules, uh, at least the way I understand it. Um, back when you like had just a few classes, um, and then you actually had race-specific classes, uh, like elf and dwarf were their own class, uh, as well as you were the elf or dwarf race. Um, you had your standard, you know, fighter, thief, cleric, uh, mage, of course, right. uh, and then dwarf and elf. So the, the game is how they based the story. So right. there was actually a real um, role-playing game being played under the D&D rules originally, and we'll cover more on that a little bit later. But yeah, it was covered, uh, played under the D&D rules originally, uh, and then they took those and published them uh, in Japan as what they called replays. Okay. And sometimes they would just be a straight story where like, you would read through um, basically a, a script or a, um, you know, a translation of what occurred, and other times they would be converted into like a manga-esque sort of um, replay where you could read through and have uh, illustrations. And they were mildly, or not mildly, wildly popular. Right. And so from there, the game progressed, and once it had gotten to big enough, uh, they ended up having to quit using the D&D rules and write their own game rules um, to avoid um, the possibility, because I've never seen anywhere mentioned where they actually were threatened with copyright infringement, but they wanted to avoid, uh, wanted to avoid that possibility right. as it became really 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 popular and was selling like crazy right um then they wanted to convert it into an anime series <clears throat> and uh i thought that was pretty awesome yeah yeah and that was coming from what, what magazine is that <clears throat> uh, they, they published that Comptique was uh the japanese publication that they okay. were that they were listening um that they were doing that in and like uh you can oh yeah uh, you can fact check that uh if you really want to uh i believe that they have that listed in Wikipedia. Right, uh, yeah, Wikipedia.org. Yeah, I got some of those. Yeah, so that was, yeah, the record of Lotus War, that, that, the companion, you know, released everything in 89. In 1990, that was the first record of Lotus War anime was released. And like we said, we're going back to the, uh, like a lot of the classic D&D style characters for this one. Yeah, and the, the record of Lotus War companion was the, uh, was the re-architecture of their game rules. They, they, they basically, they had to break away from the D&D rules, uh, original Dungeons and Dragons with like the cool, like, and with the fire-breathing dragon yeah. head. Yeah. Um, they had to break away from that and, and write their own rules. So they wrote the, uh, you know, Record of Lotus War Companion. That's the, that, that actually has all of the, the rules that the game was later, um, later, or excuse me, continued to run under. Right. Um, <clears throat> But in addition to that, someone has taken some of those rules and actually converted them. You can still find them online if you go looking for them to a system. Uh, I believe it is called Fusion with a Z right. instead of an S. Yeah, and we'll we'll post that on the on the show notes as well if anyone's interested in seeing the original rules for the original game. I found them online by just searching "Record of Lotus War RPG PDF." 
Uh, <laughs> okay. There we uh, go. I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do some fact checking against the against the game and see if you know it was out there because <clears throat> I couldn't actually find um, a copy of the game to buy anywhere. So I was like, well, maybe no one's selling it. So I just was like, oh, I'll just type in this in the search engine and see what I come up with. Thank you, Google. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So and then going through, like we said, some of the multiple classes, going through some of the main characters. Of course, we have to talk about the main character. I guess you would see like a fighter class, like a warrior class. The young, the young boy Parn, which sometimes I, if you if you've seen the series in the earlier episodes, I will refer to him as bitch ass Parn. Sort of stumbles a lot. Yeah, he stumbles a lot, dropping his sword, you know, rolling those ones on the d twenty. And interestingly enough, in the show notes, as we're you know we're looking here and. and uh, when you spell his name, uh, the font I chose made it look like Pam. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that yeah, kind of fits that, with bitch ass part. Yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah. So we have the uh, the antagonist, the very, but I, all joking aside, a fairly iconic heroic archetype with Parn, coming from the peasant farm boy, going on this journey, discovering himself, you know, saving the kingdom. All this, and you know, with his father being a knight, and you know, wanting to you know go on in his footsteps, like Parn was, a, it's a is pretty, not so much cliche, but it's pretty as straightforward a archetype as you can get, and of course with the other cast of characters, Justin, how the uh... I I just wanted to say one thing, <clears throat> we are going to spoil the shit out of this for you. But it was made in fucking 1989. Yeah. So get over it. Yeah. And anime fans, if you haven't seen it yet, tough luck. This is where I would also like to say that the, the animation itself is not going to wow you. I mean, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it is not. Uh, it's not cutting edge like some of the stuff you'll see out there today. It's right. not your Bleach. It's not your Naruto Shippuden or any of that. But the story is super, super. And uh, I'll reuse Franz's word: iconic. Yeah. It's just a traditional. Um, Good versus evil tale. Right. right. Um, but look, oh, I'm supposed to talk about uh, some of the other characters. Right. There, uh, There's Gim, and Gim plays your everyman dwarf. He is through and through, just like a dwarves are portrayed in like, you know, all of the movies that you see. I mean, let's go back to, uh, we were talking um, Peter Jackson films the other day. Yeah, Lord of the Rings, Lord the, of the Rings. Very much the way that dwarves were portrayed yeah. there, and, and I mean that comes from the the way that they're um, written in the uh, the D and D box set, and the way basically any game has ever written them since uh, you know since uh, Lord of the Rings was it came out. Yeah, um, you have Deedlet, who is your traditional high elf, um, classic wearing green, pointy ears, lithe little thing, um, you know, in touch with nature. Uh, can do sort of like cantrip like magic, uh, right. <clears throat> cast light spells and talk to fairies and you know that kind of a lot of, of elements in in tune with the elements and the different nymphs that control the different elements to help them help them get out of get out of trouble. So and then you have uh, you have Slain, who's like your typical human mage, studies tomes and like you know breathes in book dust all day and yeah. learns all that ancient arcane knowledge and uh, you know just your typical like. I'm a, I'm a wizard. Yeah, fucking right. the Here the, we go. the wise man, the Gandalf kind of in the, of the group. So and he plays a very sage like character. And yes, yeah. uh, a lot of people come to him for advice. Um, 
just because he reads so much and he's you know he's very knowledgeable as well as like reading spell books and things like he just has a lot of general knowledge right then we have eto eto um eto is your your cleric he's your tri- you know your typical cleric right. and then they threw a little background in there where he and parn uh were childhood friends right uh, right. Again, another classic story element where, like, hey, the you know the main protagonist has a friend that just showed up is going to help them. They were yeah. friends with their kids; they haven't seen each other in forever. Yeah, you know they've got that going on. And finally, and I think this is Franz's favorite character, yeah. uh, is the human thief Woodchuck. Woodchuck, the the final character that joins the group of heroes. Woodchuck, of course, he's he's. Very much a very classic thief. He's all about, you know, he gets distracted with money. He's he's a gambler. He's like just that scoundrel character. But he's that, you know, scoundrel with a heart of gold uh, guy. So, And the guy that get to do his voice acting has the best voice for him. Because, I mean, he just sounds a little like, well, guys, it's just like, the, and he's, oh, I can't wait to, he's just yeah. this fantastic, like, Weasley, yeah, like Weasley, dude. Weasley, there yeah. you go. Weasley yeah. is the word I was looking for. This great Weasley voice, and uh, you know, he, he just he does a great job. But there's a couple scenes where like he ends up being the guy that kind of holds the group together for a little bit. Yeah. Like, when everybody's like, "Oh yeah. no, what are we gonna do?" And like he's like the scared Weasley, like, "Oh, I'll go hide in the shadows and you know throw daggers and run away yeah. if things get you know, heavy." But yeah. at the end, which you know you see that in a lot of a lot of movies today. But like you know, this was. Uh, this is a good story, and yeah. like, he does a he does a his character has a some uh, very primary roles in terms right. of like how the story progresses. Yeah, one yeah. of the things that I thought was interesting about how they introduced the anime, though, Franz, was the first episode. It's like almost at the end of the fucking story. Almost, yeah. They they, they do a lot of the, it's the very classic uh, story to, story structure device of get to the action as far into the story as you can and then tell a lot of it in the later installments through flashback. So they all, they're all together in the opening, in the opening episode, they're all together, you know, walking through the rain. They, they head into the, they head into the cave and you know, this fight ensues with some gargoyles and it's kind of like they're all together. And then you see in, the next series of episodes, how everything came together. So, yeah, I mean, and like right away, like they piss around with these gargoyles, whatever, and then like two seconds later, they're fighting a fucking dragon. Yeah, I mean, like this is the first episode. You know, it's like everybody's like, let's fight. Yeah, um, and it's one of the coolest scenes where Woodchuck just throws a dagger. He's like, just knife comes flying out of his hand, and you just see it like. Hit the dragon in right, the eye and it's right just, in the eye. They do that great like blood the, shot. The from blood the eye. spurt. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, <laughs> and then like the next scene is like Parn, like it cut to the next episode, and it's like Parn getting his ass kicked by like three little goblins. Yeah, yeah, with a stick. He only has a stick, no armor. He's just like in regular street clothes. And and to keep with the theme, he freaking drops it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> He's the luckiest dude in the world. He totally has grease fingers. Yeah. yeah he's dropping his sword. They should be a drinking game while watching Record of Lotus War. Every time he drops his sword, you take a drink. 
nobody would be conscious at the end of like the first the first disc of this series. So there's our our friendly. This is the poodle Bane making all that noise. Yes, this we time. have we have the Schnauzer before. Now we have Bane here in the random distribution studio right here, which is heating up up in this place. Yeah, uh, we closed the window so you don't get all the sirens and whatever. Yeah, I guess was there was like World War Three outside or something going yeah, on. Yeah, zombie apocalypse hit, and you know <laughs> here we're talking about anime. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's also some uh, some characters of mention, uh, but you know let's save those. Right, okay. I want to do the. Uh, Bad dialogue theater. I okay, think. this is the uh, we've done this with the episode six with the Resident Evil episode. Now we're going back to the what we call bad dialogue theater. We take a scene, in this case, an an episode, a scene from the episode of Record of Lotus War. This is towards the beginning when when the characters are coming together. This is Slain's cabin, the mage. And I'd like to caveat this with just one thing before we get started. If you watch the anime series, the, the, the dialogue that we're going to have is not going to line up 100%. This is actually a tr uh, a translation from the original uh, Japanese version. Uh, and it's actually way better, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. The, way better uh, than the cheesy dialogue that you get in the uh, you know the American translation. Yeah, but this is still pretty dubbed. cheesy, but yeah, this is a little bit better. Okay, so we start... In Slane's cabin, and and when the scene pans in, basically it kind of pans into like the it kind of comes through the window or whatever, and you see two dudes sitting at a table. One of them gets up to get something. Yeah, looks like he's got a teapot or something. And then you hear Gim the dwarf begin with, "Could you get me a cup of that?" There are so many storms lately. And he said that the entire island of Lotus seems to be afraid of something. No matter how many times you talk to me, I don't intend on going on a trip. Your strength will wither if you stay here a whole day alone. Swords and bows are just too heavy for me. Oh. My magic is not perfect. I still have so many books to read. <laughs> what can you get from those books? Knock on the door. Another guest. This is the first time I had more than one visitor. The mayor not the mayor is knocking. Master Slain, I need your advice about the village. Deedlet the elf jumps around admiring the beauty of the forest until she hears something. What? She goes to investigate. Goblins in broad daylight at Pawn's cabin. Your father was a noble swordsman of Valis. I heard he died because he lost his honor. Parn goes to the attic, opens the chest, and reminisces about the past, looking at the armor, takes out the sword, and pulls out the sword from the sheath. Father! Do you need a traveling companion? What? Shall we go then, swordsman? Ato, uh, wait a minute. You finished four years of training to become a priest of Phallus. Don't worry about it. I still lack experience. I shouldn't be proud of it without experiencing a battle. That's what the bishop says. And scene. So, like we said, it's pretty bad. Yeah, but it's it was a little bit, a little bit worse in the the American dub. 
English yeah. dub, but I have no idea what happened when I when I took over the mayor. Like he just possessed me, and I just well berserk. Yeah, the mayor. Sometimes the you know bad dialogue gets in my soul. Yeah, you know? yeah, and look for more of those bad dialogue theaters as the sh- as the series as we do more shows. Hopefully, if you guys enjoy them, please let us know at distro one at randomdistribution.com. But anyway, that was the uh, yeah. It was, well, Parn. Like like we said in the scene, he goes to the attic. He's admiring the armor, but it's just lucky that at most parts he wasn't uh, wearing a t-shirt. Which brings us to our t-shirt of the month. T-shirt of the month. We have. I think this is a fantastic t-shirt. Um, so we were uh, looking through all these sites, and normally, like you know, we stick to like the locals, and sometimes you know, sometimes we bridge out, and you know, we'll hit some of the more mainstream, but. We saw this one street one shirt on uh, on a site, pampling.com. Yeah, it's a it's a span it's a Spanish <clears throat> Spanish site, so everything was in Spanish. But we saw the we saw the graphic of the shirt and we loved it, so we're gonna talk about it. So basically, you have uh, a Lego character, you know, with the little cuppy hands yeah. that look like you know he's got a beer yeah. that was just taken from him, um, standing in front of uh, like a wardrobe, and on the wardrobe are like different heads. That all have like one's got a beard and the other one's got like shades and one's got a goatee and the other one's like you know clean shaven and he's got like you know a ponytail or something and then on the next shelf you see like different bodies and one's like a leather jacket and one's like a, a suit and I right. think there's a bow tie on one of them right and then at the bottom you have like you know two pairs of pants and a kilt and it's like what should I wear today and then just like they're blocks of like Lego people and I just right. thought it was brilliant right. Yeah, and so, yeah, and, and the shirt is the shirt's entitled "What to Wear Today," and you can find that on Pampling.com. We'll have we'll have that link in the show notes. Pretty cool shirt, so yeah, definitely check it out. And that is the Distro One T-shirt of the month. What to Wear Today? The Lego inspired shirt in the graphic. All right, so you'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um. Now let's go ahead and we'll jump back to the main topic of the show for a little bit. Right. And one of the main, uh, one of the earlier topics I want to talk about. There's some other heroes that were, uh, that were in this. Yeah, yeah, they, they have some supporting cast, and some of the supporting cast is pretty interesting. Um, Orson is a character who is like this super, like subdued, mega serene, laid back, just. Dude, yeah. and he's walking around with this like you can tell it's a sword. It's all wrapped up, but you, right. come on, you're yeah. not. I'm not an idiot. I know a sword when I see a sword. Right. It's strapped to his back. And he's just walking around, all chill, and then, boom, he goes berserk. Yeah, because because he has a partner. Orson's a mercenary, and he works with a redheaded woman named Shiras, who they kind of travel together. They take some mercenary jobs, and there's a part in the there's a part in the, one of the episodes where Shiras gets in trouble. And you kind of you kind of assume that Orson's got kind of a crush, and so whenever Shiras was in trouble, I think she got her she got nicked with a blade on her arm. So she, he sees the blood, he goes berserk, and of course, it just so happens this chilled out guy was possessed by the goddess Huri, goddess of rage and madness, and he is a berserker. So. And they do a great job with making him a berserker. Like his eyes kind of go white, yeah. you know, and it'll just. And he just he becomes, like, really, and, like, his muscles get engorged. He just becomes this huge, hulking monster of a human. And he just starts, like, basically slashing at anything. Right. And he has no control over it. 
The only person that seems to be able to like have any sort of sway over him in this state is Shiras. Yeah. And even then it's it's borderline whether yeah. uh, it depends on like how far into the rage state he is. Right. And I love it because there's this one fantastic scene towards the end where there's this giant dragon that's flying and Orson just fucking calm as can be pulls his sword down off of his back and he's like I'll be like he just like uh oh what the hell does he say it's uh, in our way it, oh yeah that's exactly what he <laughs> yeah, says yeah he says it's in our way and he just like takes off yeah oh <laughs> so anyways orson this great scene he's just they're getting ready to go kind of like to the final battle. Yeah, they're setting up everything. They've gotten little spoilers. They've gotten like the priests to build them the enchanted spears to go and like the three the three spears to go and take out the dragon. His name was Shooting Star, I think was the name of the dragon. Uh, it was Shooting Star was the the red dragon from Fire Dragon Mountain. Okay. This is the black dragon that was the oh, embodiment of of Cardus, Cardus the Destroyer. I thought that was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's you know, it's, well, it's a black dragon, you know, but uh, yeah, they go off. Pretty cool scene. It's in our way. Yeah, it's in our way. Essentially, so that was a that was a nice little scene there. And a couple other a couple other supporting characters. That this is a pretty big cast as the series unfolds. With of course you have another king shows up. I know you have uh, with King Cashew. Cashew from which, the from the uh, Kingdom of Flame, the Desert Kingdom. You'd, you'd think so, he'd be like from the Kingdom of Nuts with a yeah, name like that. Yeah, but yeah, Flame. He was a he was a pretty big part of the later series going into the final battle with some of his crew. So and he kind of takes Parn under his wing. He's yeah. like, I see potential in that young man. Yeah, and like I guess Cashew knew Parn's father, mm. so he was like. I never expected to see blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I never expected to see so-and-so's son. Right. You know, kind of like, you know, everybody thought he was going to grow up to be a pussy or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but he was like, I never expected to see so-and-so's son. So we've got that going. And then there was, of course, the there's an evil king. Right. Who's being uh, under the directive of... Uh, he's being manipulated by this wizard, Vognard. And this is Emperor Beld. And this is from the kingdom of Marmo. And he's kind of like, though the evil kingdom and the, this evil guy, Vognard, who has his own agenda with some things throughout the series. And he's kind of pulling his strings a little bit, getting things uh, moving and where he'd like to, he'd like them to go. And then you learn that. So the way this all started, the way that there was a, the kind of like the good and evil, action of this story starts is there was a big godly war right i mean we've never seen a movie or an anime series or read a book that had one of those right um so there's a big godly war and cardis and marfa are the final two combatants a bunch right. of other deities die along the way right there's Car the yeah cardis goddess of destruction marfa goddess of creation you know the pinnacle gods clashing together and they they come together, they collide in the final like throes of battle, and they both kill each other. Right. Cardus crashes to the earth and in her dying breath curses the land. Marfa crashes to the ground 
And in her like dying breath, she separates a section away from the, the main continent. From the main the- continent. The the island of Lodos. So that the curse doesn't spread all the way. So Marmo is where the curse is uh centralized. Right. And then there's the the island of Lodos where I guess everything's relatively safe. You get up over on the main continent and you're gonna get your shit fucked up. Yeah. But like if you stay over in Lodos, it's you know, it's not so bad. Yeah. You have to deal with your, you know, run-of-the-mill thieves and whatnot. And but goblins like, and whatnot, but yeah. Right, but you, you don't have, you know, giants and trolls. and. Yeah. Well, they have some kobolds, although the kobolds are looking more like hyena men than like... Less li- dragonkin. Yeah, than lizard guys. Because supposedly, you know, kobolds are lizard guys, but they were kind of looking like hyena dudes. So, but yeah, and in the opening sequence, <clears throat> you have a lot of like the... Well, one of the scenes, you have like... The painting where Deedlit and Parn find themselves kind of looking at the history of of Lodos and all this. And speaking of art. Well, we do have an artist of the month that we'd like to give a shout out to. Uh, this is someone that we've known for quite a long time. Yeah, a few years um, And, I mean, I don't know if, you know, if I'm saying this off the cuff or whatever, but, you know, he, you know, isn't really big a big self-promoter. Um he just does, um, you know. He's he's done these fantastic collages for Collage. years. Yeah, <clears throat> he's also a photographer and like all these other things that he just excels at. Right. But these collages that he does are are, are fantastic. Yeah. Essentially, we're talking about the local Pittsburgh artist and photographer Charles Schneider or Chuck, as his friends and family know him. He he's putting he's been putting together these collages for many years, and a lot of the things he takes, a lot of old advertisements, a lot of old newsprint from magazines, newspapers. He gets like this real genuine vintage stuff, and he puts together these collages, and they're very intricate. Yeah, and they, they're very you can you can see like the attention to detail. Each picture, how it's all put together is really detailed and there's a reason behind things and then there's different sayings or phrases that he would incorporate into the overall layout and it's one of those things where a lot of them are you you look at them they're very high concept if you if you really like kind of step back and look at things and but of course uh chuck is very he has very avant-garde tastes at least, uh, in my opinion, and you can see it in his work. We'll have, we'll have a. He has a Facebook page for his collages. We'll post in the show notes, and a lot of them are fantastic. And he, I know that he does a lot of things like calendars for friends and family over the years, and we'll we'll post these. Uh, we'll post a link for, to his Facebook page. Yeah, and it's it's Charles Schneider at, or Charles Schneider collage. Um, but we'll get it posted in the show notes so you don't have to remember that. Um, and so that when I said it wrong, it doesn't uh, screw right. it up for you. Right. Um, but yeah, you yeah, definitely check him out. I mean, he's been trying to get into, I and I always want to uh, start like a petition. Like he's been trying to get into the Three Rivers Arts Festival. Specifically for these collages for a few years now, I think. And kind of been denied. So we may start a petition to get to get Chuck's collages on exhibit at the Three Rivers Arts Festival, hopefully this year. More news on that as it develops, yeah, but definitely, but definitely check out 
his work fantastic. And on Flickr, he has fantastic photographer as well. Definitely check out his stuff. Chuck Snyder or Charles Snyder. You can find him at facebook.com slash charles.schneider.collage. We'll have that in the show notes. Great artist, great photographer. Definitely check him out. That's our artist of the month. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk about in addition to like all of the characters and stuff and all right. of the like uh you know all of the storyline was the theme music for this uh anime. Oh yeah. It has like during the uh, like opening credits it starts out and it's got this like once there was these two dudes and they fought and, yeah. blah, and it's got like it's like yeah. crashing and slashing Cur- and just, creation and darkness and destruction yeah and that. it's like dirt 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 sort of music yeah. and it's like you're like wow this is amazing and then it cuts about another minute and a half into it and it's like it's this love ballad yeah and you're like what just happened yeah that could was be like a- I was ready to like fight some goblins myself yeah I, I love anime theme songs i love them because there's other so cheesy it just works for them i don't know what it is but i love it yeah and one of the one of the cool things about that is like i've uh, I've recently started studying japanese on uh there's a website called yesjapan.com um this is just a completely random shout out by accident um but anyways uh i was listening to that and anime series they usually have the theme music made specifically for them and they almost always make it into the top 10 when a new anime is released a popular new anime almost every time that a popular new anime gets released its theme song makes it into the top 10 i thought that was a kind of an interesting fun fact that's cool and i thought it was some great information to throw in while we're talking about an anime series so probably at one point 1989 this theme song was probably in the top ten. We can look it up and find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll let you know. But I'm sure, yeah, they, like top forty radio in Japan, they're rocking out to like the Lotus War theme song. So crazy is that? Wow, <laughs> I didn't even know that. That's great. So that's a fun little fact, snippet. Right? But all right, looks like that's our time, and that's all we have. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, thank you for sitting in, sitting here with us on episode seven. We're talking about Record of Lotus War. Some Lego t-shirts. We got some collages by Chuck Schneider. Uh, thank you so much. You can find us right here on randomdistribution.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, all the social media we, jazz. We do have a special announcement. Um, you can find us on Stitcher now. Yeah. Uh, we got our approval to be on Stitcher Radio. So if you've got the uh, Stitcher Radio app on your iPhone, your Android, whatever device you choose, you use... Um, you can find us, uh, just do a search for Distro 1. We will be the first one to come up if you just type D-I-S-T-R-O, which is kind of cool. Yes. Um, so if you type Distro, we'll be the first uh, podcast that comes up. And also, uh, a little, uh, well, taking some time here, we want to thank, speaking of the, of the t-shirt of the month, we, wa- we wanted to thank a few people that actually we posted on Facebook asking for recommendations. And I would like to thank uh, Chris Rickard. Uh, we we also like to thank uh, the the guys from the Tom Dick and Harry podcast, and also Todd Herkwine. Todd Herkwine, those three guys, those three people chiming in on Facebook. Thank you so much for your recommendations. There was a lot of cool cool shirts there, uh, and also feel free to send us some send us some emails messages to uh, let us know of any cool T shirts you want to get covered. 
Yeah, just let us know. And thank you all to those people that chimed in. And don't forget, if you've got a voice comment and you want to leave for us, you can also hit, also hit us up on our uh, Google Voice line, uh, 412-204-7180. That's right. All right. And this is Episode 7. I'm Franz. This is Justin. And we're peacing out. We'll see you. Later.